Hello and welcome. I'm your host, John Rico DeCastro, and you are tuning into the What's in Your Case podcast. My next guest has been described as a queer love child of folk, emo, and cinematic pop. I know them as my co-coordinator in the songwriter circle and fellow Sacramento songwriter, my guest, Luhan C. Hadeen. Hello. I know that you have your hand in several organizations, one of them being the director of the songwriter circle. What are the other groups that you're a part of? So currently, I'm a board member for Girls Rock Sacramento. I am also somewhat involved with SAC Philippinex. And then I used to be part of Masakata Collective, but it seems like we've sort of shifted. So Masakata Collective was basically like a virtual thing for Chamorro people. But now that things are more back in person, it seems like we've pivoted more to Guam Club of Sacramento. But it is a lot of the same people, at least for the, the Sacramento area. So you keep yourself very busy. Maybe too busy sometimes. <laughs> I know recently you went on a trip and performed a show in Bakersfield. Was this your first time playing on the road? Yeah, yeah. So this was my first sort of out of the Sacramento area show. And what was that like? Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? I really liked it because I got to explore a lot on the actual road trip there and back. Um, in terms of the show itself, I met new people because when you play in Sacramento after a while, you start seeing the same people over and over again, which is awesome. But it's kind of nice to be like, oh, I have never met this person before in my life. What's up? And the staff was super nice. We did it at Bakersfield Sound Company, which is like music store that does concerts sometimes. So the staff was super on point with the sound. And it's not exactly a live stream. Basically, they filmed it and then they are going to stream it later. So it's like a later stream. But they were super, super high quality video. And just the staff was amazing. And they even invited some local photographers to take pictures. So I got some really cool concert photos out of it. It, and the audience was really nice. Some people used to call certain venues listening rooms. It definitely was like a listening room environment, which I enjoyed a lot. Nice. That sounds like it was fun. It was super fun. And I also really enjoyed it just as an audience member because getting to watch Nine Fingers and Chris from Fake Canadian perform together afterward, they really just, especially for, there's this one song called Ogami, which is probably like one of my favorite songs of all time. Chris just sort of stole the spotlight and just absolutely shredded on the bass. I feel like that's the wrong word for bass, but soloed really hard on the bass for it. It was so fun and to watch. And it was super like, I am ready to punch God in the face kind of vibe. Very like hype. You're a songwriter. You write music. How many instruments do you play? Currently, I know how to play guitar, ukulele, kalimba. I used to play clarinet, but I've sort of forgotten and recorder. So I really would say like three, two if I'm being perfectly honest. And then I'm hoping to add drums because I'm actually going to the adult camp for Girls Rock in April. You can pick like what instrument you want to learn. So I was like, I would like to learn drums because it's the only instrument I know absolutely nothing about on this list. And they were like... Sure. So we'll see how that goes. I know your first original song was written on your guitar called the Silent Walrus. Do you have names for your other instruments? Yes. So yeah, the Silent Walrus is like a three-quarter acoustic guitar. That's the guitar I wrote Polka Dots on originally, which is my first song. And then I actually have multiple ukuleles. The main ukulele I play out that has like a plug in it. His name is Hirena, like mermaid. Um, and the guitar that I have, that's an acoustic that plugs in and it's blue, um, which a lot of people get really excited about because I guess it's not as common to see. It's called Tasi, which means like sea or ocean in Chamorro. My kalimba doesn't have a name. But it is monogrammed with my artist's name, which is cool. And how long have you been writing your own original music? 
So I wrote my first song when I was 13, and honestly, I didn't think it was that good, and I just left it alone. And then I really started getting into songwriting actively around 2018, 2019. Like, it's easy for me to figure out the exact moment I started performing. It's hard for me to figure out the exact moment I started writing, because I used to just do things in paper notebooks. But then over time, I switched to virtual ones, and so those ones have timestamps. So my timestamped ones come from 2019, so that's sort of my default answer. Nice. Do you have any tips for people that are just starting to write songs that kind of need a push to start writing songs? Yeah. So I'm definitely a lyrics first songwriter. So most of my advice is more based towards those people. Common piece of advice I give specifically if lyrics writers are like, well, I came up with this melody, but now I just cannot figure out the words to put with it, which is actually a problem I have quite a lot, is to just say complete nonsense of whatever the instrumental is. So rather than trying to form words or rhymes, you kind of want to just go for like those nonsense sounds that you hear a lot, like la la, na na, ooh, whoa, whoa, because then you can just sort of see like what sounds good versus getting locked into, oh, well, I want to force this to fit because I think it would sound good. I mean, that's definitely helped me a lot to be like more free flowing. Those of you listening, that is a common question that we ask as coordinators to our guests at the songwriter showcases. So you've released a lot of music for streaming. You had one single in 2021 called An Apology, then four singles in 2022, Hollow, Interwoven, Raindrops, several versions of a song called Binary Sons, and one EP this year, which is a live version of Polka Dots and Interwoven. What was it like for you to release music for distribution? Do you have a preference on which service you use? So first off, I commend you for your in-depth research because I sort of didn't advertise a lot of those because I was just experimenting with the algorithm to see if it would push it to more people. But yeah, so I used to use a distributor called CD Baby, but over time I realized its format was sort of part of why I wasn't releasing music as much because I felt like, oh, it has to be perfect because when you do something with CD Baby, it's like up permanently or it's theoretically, you know, assuming you don't take it down versus DistroKid, which is the one I actually ended up switching to and using is more of like a, it's, it's like a subscription model. So it's just based on the year versus the amount of songs. So it really encouraged me to take more risks and be like, well, you might as well just put it out. You already paid for the subscription. So I definitely think as a songwriter, it's been more helpful for me just to put things out there and see what happens with them rather than being like, I have to perfect this first before I put it up. Because when I do that, I just don't put up any music. This is not sponsored by DistroKid. <laughs> it's just what I use. But yeah. So the subscription is what really motivates you into writing songs. Your thought process is, I got a year. I paid for the year. Yep. Might as well get my money's worth out exactly. of the year. Exactly. Yep, that's exactly what it is. And truthfully, like, because it's not as permanent as CD Baby, this is sort of, this is kind of an open secret, but for, for a lot of the ones that say, like, demo or, like, live on them, I'm planning to re-record them a bit more professionally and then essentially put the new ones up and take the old ones down. And so part of the reason I put the lives and the demos up was to see which of these is getting the most traction, like which of these are worth investing into a music video for, or like investing more time into, and which of these are not really like gathering people's interests. It's interesting. Yeah. So when you say that, are you saying that you can switch out the song with the studio recording, or do you have to re-upload the song and not keep the same number of listens that the other one had? Uh, Officially the first one, but 
I have met people that have done the second and gotten away with it, but you're really not supposed to, and it can mess up certain things. So what I personally, I'm planning to basically do a new batch of uploads and then take down the old ones over time. But there are people who do swap them out, like you described, but I don't really recommend that because you can cause yourself problems depending on your distributor. Recently, you were involved in this really big project that's still happening right now, the Open Mic website. Uh, why don't you tell the listeners about this resource? Sure. So the website is sacmusic.com, S-A-C-M-U-S-I-C dot C-O-M. And it's just meant to be a completely free, open to anyone resource that anyone in the greater Sacramento area can use. So it's a list of hopefully every, I, I feel like I've probably missed some, but it's supposed to be every open mic and sort of jam or other similar musical event in the greater Sacramento area. And it was actually originally made by this guy named Tyler and he coded it before COVID, like in, I want to say like 2017, 2018. And it was doing pretty well, but then COVID hit and he just kind of was like, I'm not going to update this, which I totally understand because like, what's the point when half those businesses are probably out of business or not doing open mic anymore? So then what happened was Nine Fingers and I, just for our own like personal use, started making like a spreadsheet of the different open mics around town, just because sometimes it's really hard to keep track, which I realized later the reason why it's so hard to keep track is we have this blessing of abundance here. There's just so many of them. So it's be like, oh, this, no, that one's not Wednesday. It's like Tuesday. It's like, no, no, that one's Saturday morning, not Saturday night, things like that. So we put our heads together and made it. And then Tyler somehow found out about the spreadsheet, I think through like the Sacramento open mic scene Facebook group and reached out to us and was like, hey, would you like to basically revamp the website, you know, update it? Can I use your, your spreadsheet for that? And so nine was like, no, cause he, he's just kind of a grumpy old man sometimes. But I was like, <laughs> heck yeah, that sounds so fun. It did seem like particularly less tax savvy crowd they were having a hard time using like the spreadsheet and people would even get mad at me sometimes which was like a little disheartening so i'm trying to make like this thing to help people with the website because it's a more you know it's like it's been around longer uh especially the older crowd it's a lot easier for them so tyler has it set up by date if it's monday it'll show you the monday open mics on the top if it's tuesday it'll show you tuesday and so on i helped tyler decide so he added a lot of new features to it based on like a conversation i had with him where i was telling him like oh well i got into music i wasn't 21 yet and a lot of open mics didn't explicitly say if they were all ages or 18 and up or 21 and up so he added like an age marker we also added markers about gender neutral bathrooms and markers about like wheelchair accessibility um, and so it's been really great to work with him on it. And we definitely do update things periodically, whether it be like the open mics themselves or the website. For example, we recently added like see more details button because a bunch of people were like, I didn't, I didn't know you could open this. Like I didn't know I could press this and it would open and tell me things like you have to sign up online for this or like details about like the house instruments. So it's sort of been a learning curve for everybody, but people seem to really like it now that it's sort of settled into its current form. Thank you for being our guest here on the What's in Your Case podcast. Do you have anything you'd like to promote and tell the listeners where they can see your content? For sure. So I'm at Luhan Siadin on all platforms. So it's L-U-H-A-N-S-I-H-A-D-I-N. It's also LuhanSiadin.com. I don't currently have any shows planned for March, but I would love to see you all at the next set of Sacramento Songwriter Circle events.